I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me again is Daniel Kornitzer, Chief Business Development Officer of Paysafe. The lost in transaction report that Paysafe has produced gives us some interesting answers to consumer trends or possible trends for the future. The top headline, over half of consumers want more payment options in the checkout. What is it thereafter, Daniel? Thank you, Robin, and it's a real pleasure to be here. I think that this is something that we've started, I guess, in October uh, 2020, when we started measuring the impact of the pandemic. And uh, we've now done, I guess, a second pass at uh, understanding both consumer and and merchant uh, preferences. Uh, In particular, the stat you mentioned, 52% of consumers wanting more options. I I think that as people experience the use of different uh, alternate payment methods, they've gained an appreciation for what those methods bring. It's an indication that the consumer preferences have changed and and some of those changes are becoming permanent. It also matches, I mean, there's two sides to that coin. There is the consumer preference and then there is um, the the merchant acceptance or the attitude or, or the changes that the merchants have done at their end on the checkout. And uh, there we've seen that 61% of merchants have accelerated their checkout cha- upgrades and then, you know, in particular offering more alternate payment methods. And, and 65% of those online merchants have experienced uh, changes in consumer preferences since the beginning of the pandemic. So the two sides of the coin kind of are are converging in terms of telling the same story. Well, what we're looking at is a situation, of course, over the last couple of years where engagement online by consumers of necessity has hugely increased. But there are issues for merchants as well. Uh, You have a number here, 40% of online businesses see cart abandonment levels as more than a minor issue. With all these alternate payment methods making it easier to pay, why are we still having cart abandonment issues? I think there is a a variety of reasons why consumers um, abandon their carts. Clearly, as you offer more alternatives, that uh, should tend to to lower the incidence of cart abandonment. But uh, sometimes people are just, I guess, gathering information and uh, maybe they don't have you know, any, any real intention of completing the sale. Sometimes they're trying to see whether a given you know, online discount would apply to a purchase. So there could be a variety of reasons why, or, or it could also be that uh, they experience a decline, in which way, for example, the uh, availability of alternate payment methods could uh, offer the consumer the opportunity to pay through a different method that uh, uh, different from the initial one that got declined. But clearly, uh, cart abandonment will will remain a top priority for merchants as they're trying to optimize the effectiveness of their website. One thing I wanted to mention is that the report, uh, the Lost in Transaction report, which, by the way, is available on our website, paysafe.com, is the result of us interviewing 918 decision makers uh, by various businesses in, in eight countries. And those are countries in, in North America and Europe, as well as Brazil, as we've uh, began to cover Latin America as well. We've, in addition, interviewed 201 uh, additional uh, decision makers for in-store questions in the, in the U.S. So a total of 1,119 uh, merchants have been interviewed for this report in eight countries. The interesting thing about it is we're talking about merchants at the moment, and we're talking about how merchants behave with consumers. 
But there's a third party involved in all this, and that's the providers of the services, specifically the payment services, the digital wallets, the cryptocurrencies even, because there's talk that cryptocurrencies are coming in. I can't see this myself. Perhaps you can persuade me. Why would I want to pay with cryptocurrencies? They're far too volatile, aren't they? They are, but um, if you look at the crypto over whatever, the 12 years of, of the evolution of that market, I think that initially and up until recently, they were used most for mostly for speculation. But as that market matures and moves into mainstream with, you know, the likes of, you know, Square Cash App and, and pretty much everyone enabling uh, crypto trading starting in, I would say, about 2018, I, I think that crypto will evolve from early adopters and speculation to other use cases, which involve commerce, consumption, uh, investment, and even asset protection with initiatives like DeFi, you know, opening up decentralized finance and, and creating a, a lower cost um, capability to do lending and, and many other applications. I think there is a, a world of opportunity there. And also, I think the the makeup of the crypto consumer has changed from the early adopters that tended to be very young demographics to now going into mainstream. So a more uh, slightly older uh, average consumer, more affluent and, and with different requirements when it comes to security and, and regulatory compliance. So I think that that whole market is going towards mainstream and it's not unthinkable that more and more people would look at their crypto as just another alternate payment method. So if I'm if I'm a merchant, why would I not want to offer my consumers the opportunity to pay with their crypto as, as just another payment method? There is no downside uh, to the merchant, basically. Can I ask one point where I think there might be a downside to a merchant? Though? Because their life has got more complicated with the increasing number of payment methods. It's no longer enough to say, yeah, Visa, MasterCard, American Express... You've got so many more ways to pay that merchants are going to have to cater to or offer if they want to maintain or grow a volume of business. Is that not the case? Well, that, that's where the other question you ask, which is how to choose the right payment partner comes into play. Because by, by working with a company that can make uh, the complicated simple, basically provide the merchant an easy way to tap into all these uh, methods of payment through a single contract, through a single integration. And essentially, whether the consumer pays with, you know, GyroPay in Germany or um, with a digital wallet or with eCash or with crypto or with cards, it all comes and it's settled through a single uh, reporting interface and a single, you know, reconciliation and settlement. That, in, in effect, uh, makes the life of the merchant the online business simpler. So I think it's important to work with, with a payment partner that has the expertise and can deliver all of that in a consolidated manner. And if you look at the results of our survey, where merchants rate the top factors in choosing a, a payment partner, interestingly enough, the first criteria, 42%, is reliability. And the second one is cost. And, and the third one is security at, at 26%. So Clearly, what we're hearing from, from merchants is that um, it's important to provide you know, a reliable, secure, and, and cost-effective way to, to inject um, payment optionality at the checkout. 
I'm slightly concerned by one statistic that you found, and you mentioned the word secure twice there, fraud. A third of online businesses say they are currently an easy target for fraudsters. I very much hope you didn't publish their names because otherwise that's that's a red rag to a bull. That goes hand in hand with the fact that many of the merchants feel that they don't have the tools that they need to fight fraud and they feel, uh, I guess, vulnerable. Uh, so clearly that's uh, an area that um, we, can, we can definitely, uh, you know, pay safe and, and other top uh, payment processors can assist those merchants in, in providing the tools uh, to weed out the, the, the bad consumers. And, and many of the payment methods that we sell uh, indemnify the merchant against uh, chargebacks. So essentially, uh, for example, our wallets, our, our bank transfers, our e-cash product, um, all guarantee the payment. So the merchant will never see a chargeback or a return. Uh, so I think it's important to, A, use the right tools to filter out the, the bad actors, the fraudsters, and, and work with a payment company that, you know, in, in, in some cases can even guarantee uh, the payments. But but it is an area of concern. Uh, oddly enough, 59% of merchants have mentioned that offering more alternate payment methods is an effective strategy to reduce fraud, which I found it a little bit interesting because uh, I'm trying to, to understand how they 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 they, they view the alternate payment methods as as combating fraud. But uh, I thought it was interesting to to mention that uh, that, that figure. It is an it is you're right. It is interesting. Um, obviously, you have no clear answer to that at the moment. But the one thing I will come back to in terms of the success or failure of an online merchant, a given online merchant, it's got to be reliable, it's got to be secure, and it's got to be able to be defensible against fraud. Otherwise, it's going to go out of business. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, especially, you know, maybe newer merchants. I remember um, a friend of mine that actually owns a pretty large um, clothing company here in Montreal, at one point, uh, he was working with a competitor, and he was saying, "Well, you know, uh, you know, our, our sales, you know, just uh, grew like dramatically." And I said, "Well, make sure that those sales are not uh, chargebacks waiting to happen." And and lo and behold, unfortunately for him, the, the many of these uh, the, the increase in sales were actually fraudulent. And and we know, look, we, we've been in this industry for over twenty years. And uh, we offer a combination of uh, tools like artificial intelligence, uh, you know, machine learning, uh, but also processes and human expertise. Um, you know, we've, we've seen every flavor of fraud over the last 20 years. And I think that uh, we have in place the tools to match the geography of the IP address of the buyer with the geography of the card that they're using for the purchase. Uh, you know, the, the claim address, the, the shipping address, and, you know, do all kinds of matches and, and combinations. And of course, you know, we, we can look at, you know, tens, if not hundreds of, of data points. And it's not one single one that, you know, indicates fraud, but all of a sudden when there is a, a correlation and you start seeing multiple areas of concern, then maybe that transaction ought to be declined because it could be pointing to a fraudulent transaction. So I think it's important to have the right tools and tweak these tools on a per vertical basis, because also the motive or the the, the, the potential gain. Those, so let's say, for example, a consumer is trying to buy an insurance policy. If that transaction ended up being fraudulent, well, that insurance policy is cancelled; it becomes void immediately. So there is very little gain. 
On the other hand, if the consumer is buying a gold bar and that gets shipped to the consumer and, and that turns out to be a fraudulent transaction, then by the time you get the chargeback, the gold is in the in the in the hand of of fraudsters and and the money's gone so so if if the goods are easily resellable then that that provides a motivation for the for the fraudsters because the, they they could uh, cash in into that uh, on the other hand uh, in some other instances uh, there's little gain because the the product becomes you know cancelled on on the spot uh, so depending on the vertical you know it's important to tune the tools for risk management so that they're most effective. And, and that takes um, human expertise and having seen the, the many, many flavors of fraud. Yeah, that, that's what makes the difference, I guess, between uh, you know high performance and, and, and being able to weed out uh, the fraudsters. All right, let's round up with this. Touched on the fact that the last two years have seen massive growth in online commerce, massive growth in payment systems that can accommodate that. Is that pace of change going to slow down? Have we have we reached a point where development will slow down perhaps to the kind of pace we were used to a few years ago, or is it just still speeding up? Look, I, I don't pretend to have a crystal ball, but my in my humble opinion, I think that um, the, the pandemic has only accelerated trends that were there to start with. So it's just, you know, pressed on the gas on the uh, the speed of digital digital transformation. So I, I don't believe we're going to see a slowdown. I think that people have experienced new ways of purchasing. In fact, the, one of the funny things is that oftentimes with new technologies, you get the sort of the younger demographics being the first adopters. Uh, but in the case of the pandemic, a lot of people, um, you know, they, they call it, you know, the, 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 the gray commerce, you know, a lot of people that hadn't done uh, commerce before experience it for the first time. And, and guess what? They like what they saw. It's convenient, especially when you have a blizzard like we have today in Montreal. If you can order online and have it delivered to your house, there is a convenience factor there. So with more people having experience and enjoyed the, the process, I think that those changes or many of those changes are there to stay. And people have will, will probably double down on the use of, of e-commerce and, and, and digital transformation, I believe. Daniel Kornitzer, Chief Business Development Officer of Paysafe, thank you very much.